Join us every Friday for encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. Grab your coffee or grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. So, hey, everyone, Kim here. Thank you so much for joining. And I think I am. Yeah, so I'm like two weeks in a row with recording and not live. So it's kind of weird. And as you can see, I have this face on the screen. So she's in our chats. She uh, um, is a Life Clips podcast subscriber. And she also follows Tyler and Pablo and Pete. She is part of our pre-trib joyous family. And in all honesty, Mo came into my life when I needed, and I'm not going to cry, when I needed friends the most. Um, Let me pause there for a moment. And God knew what to do in that situation. So I'm going to stop talking because I am going to cry about that. God's goodness. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our Life Clips family because now you're on this end. Awesome. Hi, everyone. My name is Monique. Um, My friends call me Mo, so please call me Mo. Uh, I came across Kim after listening to a fabulous uh, podcast she did with Pete Garcia, and I reached out to her and told her I appreciated it. And uh, we connected from there and and that's what led to this meeting today. Amen. So as everyone knows, I introduce a mug and Mo is also going to be introducing her mug. So this week's mug is... So this mug says, today is like coffee. It will be as good as you make it. So there is this week's mug. And in here, I simply have some coffee with my caramel macchiato creamer. So Mo, what do you have? All right. I'm going to try and find the right spot for it. So can everybody see this mug? Yes. All right. So I know I'm answering look, for everybody there. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't look very special, but um, as we're recording this, yesterday was Veterans Day. And my father was in the Army 20 years, and that was his mug during his Army service years. So it is my favorite mug. Awesome. Do you have anything in it or is it empty? It's empty. I'm actually having okay. water. It's kind Here, of special. I, I don't want to wreck it. <laughs> I got that too. So better than the red solo cup that Pablo said. <laughs> I don't know if you watched that episode when I, I did with solo his cup. Um, pink mug from his mother. Yes. Salmon, I think it was. <laughs> salmon. It was a salmon shirt that he would um, <laughs> never wear. So I know it's odd because we are not live and normally you have the engagement and, you know, you kind of get to know people and where people are from. And I do think that a lot of people do know you as well from being in the chat section. So, but I don't know if they know your story. And 
what I call it is a life clip. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about your life clip here today. Um, so Mo, she was a Jehovah Witness for 26 years. And she was a witch. Yeah, I said that. A witch for a decade. The first thing we're going to broach and we're going to talk about is her time as being a Jehovah Witness. What is that all about? If um, What Jesus do they know? So we're going to kind of go through um, the key elements of what Jehovah's believe. Then we're going to go into, um, well, honestly, take some notes here. What do they say or who do they say Jesus is so Mo. I want to open the floor to you. You can start it any way you want, however you want. And uh, you know we've had dialogue on the phone, so let's just mm-hmm. be us on the phone. I think you're extremely uh, funny. You're real, <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, people will see that here today because God has delivered you out of a lot. So, Amen. Take a that. sip of my coffee, and it's yours. All right. So um, when I was very little, um, probably around the age of two my mother started spending a lot of time with a neighbor. And I have a lot of recollection. I was a pretty bright kid. I don't mean like genius level, but I remember quite a bit from that time. And there was a lot of talk of God in our house. Uh, At that time, we were still going to a Roman Catholic church called St. Jerome's. I can remember the windows and it was dark in there. And it was kind of creepy to me as a small kid. Uh, <laughs> but, um, then my mother started talking about God and this name Jehovah, you know, and, um, my father never was a Jehovah's witness. He never became one. So, uh, there was a lot of fights in our household over it. I remember a lot of yelling, but my older brother taught me some stuff. You know, he was teaching me, you know, God made the flowers, you know, things you would tell a small child. He made the animals. Um, and I remember laying in my crib one night, right? Cause he had told me God made the sky. He made the sun. He made the clouds. And I remember, so I think this was maybe my first prayer and, uh, imagine a two-year-old laying in bed with her bottle and, uh, saying, but God, I don't get it. If you made the sky, where did you live? That mm. was my very first thought of God. All right. Um, but then everything changed. It was our last Christmas tree. Uh, the last birthday cake, and life became pretty dreary. Before that, a lot of relatives coming over. After that, not so much. Uh, And then we started going to this place called the Kingdom Hall. Um, The Kingdom Hall is their word for, you know, church. Um, And it was not very fun for a kid. You know, there was a lot of, shh, be quiet, sit still. I mean, I'm, I'm two and a half, I'm three, (laughs) you know? So, um, but I was hearing things and I was learning even at, at the young age, they did not separate the children from the grownups. So we heard everything that the grownups heard. So I knew about revelation, amen to that at a very (laughs) young age. (laughs) Um, and so that's, so can I interrupt you? Yeah. Can you just speak upon that? Do they actually teach what we teach though? I mean, I know the 144, but do they teach everything else about seals, trumpets, vials? They do teach all of that, but they do have some viewpoints that are different. So they think that 
Jehovah's Witnesses are going to go through the Great Tribulation, but that they will be supernaturally protected by God. Um, and, you know, they think that they are the only ones who are going to be saved. As a matter of fact, when you are part of that religion, you don't call yourself a Jehovah's Witness or a JW. Um, they refer to themselves as we are in the truth, the truth. We know the truth. So, so that's, that's what I grew up with. That's what I knew. Um, would I change it? Probably not because it led me to where I am today. But, um, you know, I'm looking down at my notes. So if you see me, so in their minds, the abomination of desolation is the UN. I remember this. Uh, yeah, I don't ask me, I don't remember everything, <laughs> but I, wow. do. I, yeah, right. Right. Um, so they do believe in Jesus, okay? They do believe that you pray and use his name. They do believe he's God's only begotten son. They do believe he died for our sins, but he didn't die on a cross. He died on a torture stake. Uh, they've even changed their Bible to say that. Um, and as far as Archangel Michael, uh, they believe that is the name of Jesus. Uh, before and after he was on the earth. So they feel Michael is Jesus. They definitely do not believe Jesus is God. 100% fact, they don't believe that. Um, so they believe the 144,000 are Jehovah's Witnesses. So how they work that is the number 144,000 is literal. But when you get to the part of the 12 tribes um, of Israel, that 12,000 from each of us, they say that's figurative. So um, as you guys celebrate Easter, they celebrate something called the Memorial of Christ's death. Okay. So the only people that are allowed to partake uh, in what you guys know as communion um, are the people who feel they are part of this 144,000. Imagine a world filled with peace, free of suffering, an abundance of food for all, and life in perfect health. But how can this beautiful future be possible? Because of what Jesus did for us. He came to earth for a purpose. He gave his life for those he loved. The night before he died, Jesus asked that we commemorate his sacrifice. He said, keep doing this in remembrance of me. On the anniversary of his death, People around the world will gather to remember him. Jehovah's Witnesses invite you and your family to attend the memorial of Jesus' death. At that meeting, you will find out why his sacrifice was so important and how his promises affect you. To learn more about what the Bible says on this and many other topics, go to jw.org. 
So many years you go without seeing anybody partaking. And then every so often you'll see somebody and you'll look at them and you'll be thinking, uh, there's no way, there's no way you're part of that group, you know, but um, that's kind of their celebration on that. You know, they do it according to whatever date nice and 14 falls on each year, according to Jewish calendar. And um, so that's really? the one celebration they use. Yeah. Yep. Why, why does it. that matter? Did they use that on to purpose them it, to coincide? Yeah, to them it did. They they felt that was the closest date to to Jesus' death. Wow. So, so yeah. So that was another you know another oops oofta is oofta. what your mug said oofta. Wait, okay. I'm that way. No, I'm this way. I don't know which way I am. <laughs> I'm some way. I'm there, there, right here. Okay. <laughs> so there was that. Um, let me see. I wrote down some notes. Like I said. Mm-hmm. So they do not believe that anybody goes to heaven except for this 144,000 group. Of course, they're Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, they believe the Jehovah's Witnesses in general are part of a great crowd that are going to live on the earth during the millennium. So mm-hmm. they're going to be supernaturally protected by God through the tribulation, make it through, and then they're going to reside forever on earth. Um, and that's sort of their take on that. They don't believe in the Trinity. As a matter of fact, the verse we know, uh, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Their Bible says in the word was a God. So they inserted the indefinite article a in there. Now, they also believe that Jesus began ruling invisibly in heaven in the year 1914 and that's the year that he ousted Satan from heaven as evidenced by the starting of World War I. Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do, from your show being listed on every major podcast platform, to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites, to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie. I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. <laughs> Are you, sorry. So I heard 
Um, Because you just said that, but I heard that Jehovah's think that he's chilling somewhere in Brooklyn. So that's not true. So, you know, I don't know what I can tell you that I never heard that, but their headquarters for many years. Now you have to, I'm going, we're going back. I haven't been one 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But at that time, all their headquarters were in Brooklyn. So could that be what their thought was? Possibly. That could be. Yeah. You know, I never heard it. Um, Okay. So say that one more time. So he was doing what in 19? So they had this big calculation that they came up with that Jesus began ruling in the heavens in 1914. And that's when he ousted Satan from heaven. And they said the evidence for that was the start of World World War One. So they said, you know, that was Satan's activity on the earth starting then. So they also said, though, that the end of the 6,000 years of mankind was in 1975 and Armageddon would come in 1975. So, guys, in 1975, I was in fifth grade. I was old enough to remember this. And I can tell you half of the congregation left after that because they recognized, oops, hey, they're wrong. They're preaching a date. You know what we know, what we say about date setters. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, my mom was not one of them. She hung in there. Um, uh, I really believe my mother became one because she feared death. Everything mm-hmm. was always about death till the day she died. And this is important too. later on in the story till the day she died. When I stopped being a Jehovah's Witness was you are going to die at Armageddon. That's all I heard. Um, so that was kind of crazy. I did not ever um, know God. I knew of him, but he was a very angry, judgmental God who cared more about the length of my skirt (laughs) Mm -hmm. than my heart condition. Because, you know, you have to get dressed up to be a Jehovah's Witness to go to to church. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, your skirts had to be to your knees, at least. Like a lot of man-made rules, hence a religion, which, you know... The other part of that, sadly, um, I'm looking, the Gog of Magog War, they think it's an attack against true religion. And of course, in their minds, the only true religion is them. What? Yeah, so they have a lot of crazy beliefs. But here's the deal. When you are one, okay, so like in my case, I was raised one. If Mm -hmm. that is all you're hearing, that is what makes sense to you. You don't know any different. Because you are not allowed to, you know, back then there really was no, you know, internet or stuff when Mm -hmm. I was one. You're not allowed to read other people's publications. You're not allowed to look at other, like, well, nowadays it would be websites or or other authors' books because they were afraid that you would, well, they're afraid you're going to find out the truth. But ultimately what they preached was, um, you know, you could be led astray by the the wicked one, you know, Satan, the devil, you'll be you'll fall away from the true faith and it's dangerous. So stay away from it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I look back and I laugh, but at the time we were raised to really believe that. So in my mind, Kim, the only people that are Jehovah's witnesses are either ones like me that were raised in it, you know, and didn't know any different or so many people today do not know their Bible at all. They don't read it. They don't spend time understanding it. So along comes somebody on a bad day in their life who starts telling them something about God 
and they buy it. They understand it. They believe it because they don't know any different. Mm-hmm. So that was my case. Um, do you want me to share how I stopped being one? I do. But before that, you know what we forgot to do, Mo? And I don't know what we're going to do here, but you're going to have to just, we're going to roll it in your shirt. You have to promote the shirt. All right. So this is from, okay. This is my favorite shirt. Uh, One of the people that I have come to follow is a gentleman by the name of Pete Garcia. Awesome. Smart, very laid back, very calm. But he's got this phenomenal website called rev310.net. And uh, I was led to his site, I'm sure of it. So I've learned a lot from him by reading and listening. So I thought, hey, what could I do? You know, other than tell people, hey, about this site, I made up a t-shirt. So I'm going to stand up so you can see the t-shirt that I made up. Tell me when, can you see it? Yep. Get caught up in it, Rev310. So for those listening to the podcast that says Rev310.net, get caught up in it. I love it. So you made that shirt. Yeah, I had it made up, yeah. you know, um, because, and I have people come up to me and say, what is that? And they'll take pictures of my shirt. Hopefully that Correct. leads to Have you ever Pete. put that to Pete on uh, his idea? I or? did. I did uh, let him know I did that. Yeah. I think I put a comment, you know, on part of his, his uh, website too. So. Wow. Yeah. I totally forgot that we were supposed to do that with the mugs and <laughs> well, that's what we get because I know we had a lot to dive into today. Um so when you were a Jehovah Witness, so you started from the crib, um, and then what age did you stop? So let me, I guess one thing I have to hand it to Jehovah's Mormons, Seventh-day Advents, man, they know how to evangelize. Yes. They are unashamed of their religion. I feel like if more Christians, true Christians, would behave like these cults do, I think the rapture, we would be gone and there would be 2000 generations after us before the rapture came, to be honest with you. So you started um, at two, three years old. And then, so how was it that in your teen years? So again, I think as a, as a girl, not having birthdays and not celebrating holidays. So why exactly do they do that? How come? So, so don't the, do it, many? okay. So they say everything has a pagan origin. So if you mm-hmm. research it and you look back, a lot of that is true. I have to say that. Uh, when it comes to birthdays in particular, the story they use is uh, the only birthdays mentioned in the Bible are ones that had bad things happen, like John the Baptist's head cut off. Um, but on the his most birthday? Imp- on on King Herod, I think it was King Herod's birthday. His niece did some dance for him. This is oh, in the Bible, yeah. and yeah. he said, "I'll give you anything you want, up to half my kingdom." And her mom hated John the Baptist. And so the mother told the, the little girl to ask for, you know, the, the head of John the Baptist on a platter. So, mm-hmm. so their thought is, you know, the most important person uh, in the Bible, Jesus, his birthday is not specified or laid out. And that would be the one we would celebrate. So since it's not listed in the Bible, Time the exact out. date. What do they mean? It's not specified. It's in three gospels. Right. But the exact date is not known. The exact date is not listed. So they feel because it's not listed that we shouldn't celebrate. So that that was that. 
But, you know, you have to understand as a teenager, right, I was kind of rebellious and I was one way at home because my mother was a very, very abusive woman. Uh, my mm-hmm. dad was easygoing and laid back. So loved my dad, my mom, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I respect her because at least I did learn the Bible, maybe not all of it correctly, but I did have a lot of knowledge on it that most people didn't have. So to the teenage years, I was one way in school one way at home. So, uh, when I had to go door to door and would see somebody that I went to school with, I was mortified, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, mortified. Um, and you so know, what they, age do you start doing that? Oh, well, you go with your parents from the time you're from the time you're little. So I would wow. be speaking at say three or four, but sometimes I would hand a track to somebody. They would involve you. So like if my parent, my mom, let's say, did the speaking, uh, she would give me the tract to hand out. So, yeah. But it was a very strange way to live. I never fit in uh, either either fears, you know, so like Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, my dad wasn't one. So I was kind of a pariah, like, oh, you're a half-breed. Your mom's one, your dad's not. Um, I was judged a lot. Very, very much so. Like it was not unusual for a sermon to come up on a particular subject and somebody tap me and saying, Are you paying close attention to this? You know, so do they like preach that. like what we hear from preachers today, or do they preach kind of like Catholics? You know, they open the catechism. So do they preach an actual sermon? Or are they called yes. pastors? What are so they called like on, in the kingdom? Hall? They're called elders. El- that's so, right. Yep. So on a Sunday, let's say. The first Mm -hmm. hour is a sermon. The second hour is a question and answer from one of their Watchtower or or Awake magazines, typically the Watchtower, a topic Mm -hmm. that they wrote about uh, that you need to answer from their publication. You can't bring any other thoughts or from anybody else. So it's voluntary, like raise your hand to say something. And yeah. And then also when you go door to door, Kim, Okay, so you have to fill out a slip every month to say how many hours you did that. Uh, And they tabulate that. And, you know, you fall below a certain amount. You know, you get talked to about why you aren't making this a priority. It's all, it's sadly about works. They say it's not, but it is. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I grew up feeling I was unworthy the whole time. Even, Even to get baptized as one. Now I'm talking about, you know, again, over 30 years ago, I don't know if they've made changes since, but like to get baptized, you have to meet with each elder. You have to memorize scriptures. You have to answer questions. It becomes more Mm -hmm. like passing a test rather than heartfelt. So um, when I became a certain age, I feel like I was maybe 17. They start looking at you like, hey, it's time. Mm -hmm. So I did it out of obligation, not because it was in my heart, you know, but it was all I knew. So I guess it was better than nothing. So do they baptize you in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit? How does their baptism work? Uh, so actually that's interesting. Um, so they have it, they have like twice a year, these big conventions. Um, Mm -hmm. it used to be like at Yankee stadium, they'd be international conventions and there'd be 80,000 people there. Um, but then over the years, you know, that became 
much more difficult. So they ended up buying buildings in certain locations. And then like, say all of Connecticut would go to one, New York would go to one. So you go to the convention and they have a pool set up and you get baptized there. So somebody gives a sermon, then you all line up. The guy who gave my sermon, I can't remember his name, but I can tell you he was Catherine Hepburn's nephew. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember his name too many years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, no, so they just give a sermon. And um, like I said, then you line up, you change, right? You line up, and get baptized. I don't really think there's any speaking of anything while that happens. It's just taking turns getting dumped. So it's not the same as it is in the Christian faith. You go down and you come up renewed. Nope. Right. We don't, we don't do baptism as a sign of salvation. Baptism doesn't right. save. We do it as an outward, um, like, you know, we're buried Dying in Christ to the and we old. come up new. Yeah. 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 Um, so quick story to digress. And I, I, every time I hear someone bring up the watchtower. So I was, uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, so what year was the OJ trial? I feel it was like 94, maybe. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because 18, 19, 20. I felt like I was 21, 22. Okay. Right so I am there. right on my age because I knew it was pre Tupac's death. Sorry, Pablo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love Pablo, man. Oofta. Oofta yeah. every time he picks on my Tupac. Okay. I really don't listen to Tupac. For anyone who's wondering, it's a joke that Pablo and I have. I do not hear me well. Do not listen to Tupac Shakur. I used to. And that's where I'm going now. So I worked for, um, I was in my 20s. So I was pretty much um, a hood rat back in the day, girl. So I worked for a nonprofit organization in Ocala, Florida. And yes, I'm calling them out. Um, It's called Mad Dad. So M-A-D Dads, M-A-D-D-A-D-S. So it was all black. I was the only white person who worked there. Except for my friend, Carol, who I worked for her at a previous job. And she brought me over because she needed a um, administrative assistant to her. So anyway, um, now mind you, I'm backslidden. Okay, I am a thug. I'm smoking my weed. I'm listening to Tupac. Um, and I remember one day I walked in, and they were all having their meeting or something like that. And I'm never included in all of those VP meetings. So I was waiting because there was only the one conference room, right? So I was waiting in the lobby area, I guess. And I remember seeing these magazines and I'm flipping through it and I'm like, no, oh, this is weird. Reading through it thinking, that's not what I learned in church. And then all of them are kind of gloom and doom. I don't think Watchtower, looking at them, they never brought me joy, even on the front face of it. Everything, right. is, the world is ending and everyone's dying. And so as I'm reading it, I was like, what is this? Because I can see the Bible, the in their new living, I think it's called the new world translation. New not world living. translation. Yeah. Right. So the, I see the NWT. So I seen like the little, now since I'm a paralegal, I know what that means. So at the bottom of the little footnotes and where they're getting stuff from. So I'm like, well, clearly they're quoting some sort of Bible. So as I'm flipping through, so this is me sitting there and I'm like, what the heck? So then the meeting is over, but I'm not really paying attention because I'm engrossed in the magazine and the nonsense that I'm reading that, again, did not line up to what I was raised in in my non-denominational church. Yep. So all of a sudden, Patrick Hadley, he was the gentleman. These guys are probably all dead by now. So he comes out and I'm, I'm reading it. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, hey. He's like, I see you're reading one of our magazines. So this is me. I said, oh, 
Mad Dads has a magazine. And um, I said, this is exactly what I did. What religion is this? And he's like, oh, we are um, Jehovah Witness. So I had no idea what that meant. I remember very, very vaguely my dad telling us a story when Jehovah's came to the house and he took his Bible gave it to them and then vice versa. And so my dad had a conversation. So that's really all that I knew. I knew that they knocked on our doors, but I didn't know anything about them. So all of a sudden I had Patrick and then the other guy, I can't remember his name. And then some old dude, I mean, he's long gone. Um, he comes walking out and he's like, Oh, you want to hear? And I'm like, no, I know I'm good. I don't want to hear any of this. So I'm like, I have a question. I said, None of this matches to what I was raised in, in the church. And Patrick's exact words were, it's because your church is wrong. But I never forgot that. Always seeing the watchtower. So now moving forward, if I see the watchtower somewhere, whether it be in a doctor's office or wherever it is, I tend to question, are there Jehovah's in there? Because not your standard person is going to start ordering the watchtower or awake, which I didn't even know that was uh, Jehovah Witness material, probably until about maybe 15 years ago. So, but, um, so what do they have those publications? Do you know if they're out there witnessing to everyone, why do they have those magazines? I think it's to get them in the hands of people, uh, so that it, you know, people can understand a certain topic matter of what's happening in the world today. I mean, their idea is to get everybody saved too, but Mm -hmm. saved as a Jehovah's witness only. How about new? Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, another thing is uh, they think that the um, Holy Spirit is God's active force. How dare you? Correct. Not part of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really so, everything in their doctrine is wrong. Yeah. I mean, know? like even their Bible. When Mm -hmm. I compare it, you know, when I think back, I don't have a Jehovah's Witness Bible anymore. I threw it away. But, um, you know, every spot that would say referring to the Holy Spirit as he, I remember their Bible saying it or God's active force. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't for me. And as I got older, you know, um, as I got older, you know, my life thoughts were not in line with theirs. I was becoming uh, more interested in things in the world, to be honest. Um, And, you know, honestly, I just felt like, well, I can never, I can never um, measure up. God's always mad at me. I can never measure up. You know, these guys know how God thinks and why bother trying? I, I just, I didn't feel the love. It just felt like drudgery be honest. Mm. And, so um, yeah, you just actually brought that full circle. So, cause I digress with that story. So you were three when you started, then you went into your teenage years. Again, I would be very uncomfortable not having a birthday, not celebrate while my friends around me were doing that. So at what age, see, I know you said 26, so I guess mm-hmm. we could just do the math. So three, I, maybe I can't do the math, forget it. So what age did you stop? What, 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 what made you walk away and like in Scientology, and I had that written down. So by the way, when you're talking, I'll, if you see me looking and writing, I'm not ignoring you. I'm, I'm piggybacking, writing notes in case I forget. 
so like Scientology, they have, you know, you're a suppressive person. They disconnect from you. So, and I know that is true with Jehovah Witnesses as well. They, but they use another term for that. Um, disfellowshipping. Disfellowshipping. So did they, what age were you? And did you get, did your mom disfellowship you? Did the church, like, so what happened? Bring us towards that latter part of when you left Jehovah and then we'll kind of merge into what led you now to be a witch. So, okay. So, uh, you know, Jesus came to call sinners. I'm not proud of everything in my past. Um, what happened was I cheated on my husband. Uh, I confided in a friend. Um, the friend then went and told the elders because it's a big, you know, snitch and tell there, you know, all about who you can get in trouble. So I'm um, sorry to interrupt. Your husband sure. was also a Jehovah Witness then. He became one for me. And did you have children in that religion as well? Yes. I and they were both daughters. involved? Gotcha. They were okay. they were small, very small. So Okay. Um, but at this point, um, you know, it became clear that I had broken a rule, right? Which which is against, you know, the commandments. It's not just their religion, it's all religions. Mm-hmm. Adultery is not okay. And I fully understand that and am aware of it. But I had stopped going to church. Um, so they couldn't really talk to me at church because I wasn't going there. So instead, they made it their business to come visit me where I lived. Mm-hmm. And they talked to me about it and they decided that I was unrepentant um, and that they were going to disfellowship me. And what that means is they make an announcement in front of the congregation from the podium. You know, for instance, uh, you know, Monique so-and-so uh, has, you know, been disfellowshipped from the Jehovah's Witness faith due to unchristian acts. Okay. And they, and I'm going to, I'm going to follow up what that means, but they told me they were going to make the announcement, you know, Thursday evening. And uh, it would be good if I was there. I said, no, I, I won't be there. You know, and they said, well, that really shows you're not repentant because if you were, you would take the heat basically for what I've done. Um, so I said, no, I won't be there. And, um, and that was my escape. That was my moment to run. But so what disfellowshipping means is, and, um, in their minds, they feel they're doing this for your sake to help you come back from your wicked ways and come back to the fold. But what it basically means is you're shunned, like you don't exist. They don't speak to you. I lost all my friends and all my family instantly. The only one who still talked to me, the one person I didn't want to talk to was my mother. <laughs> But my mother was the one who still talked to me. And Mm -hmm. she always said, you're wicked and you're going to die at Armageddon. Don't you fear Jehovah God? You're going to die at Armageddon. Till the moment she died. That's what I heard. But Kim, you know, I'm not proud of that moment in my life. um, But it is what it is. Okay. So that was my moment to run. And that's what I did. Can I just say something on that though? Sure. That is condemnation from the enemy. We all have paths. Pasts, I can't speak. Right, right. And I, I just, girl, and we've, and I'm talking to you like if we were just on the phone. That yeah. right there is that's the past. It doesn't matter if I can, if people saw that 
thing, everything that I did, you know, I think we can boldly walk through that because now we're a life change that God changed. And we can walk through those as to witness to somebody else with our life clip or our story that brought us to the Lord. So I just wanted to say that to you. You know, we all have a past. And if anybody, you know, if they feel like, oh my gosh, how dare she? Or how dare I? You know, but for the grace of God, go all of us. And for those, I think a lot of Christians forget that they have a past. Once they're saved, they're these self-righteous religious people, you know? Yeah, that's not me. I need Jesus every single day. Every, I need him every every single single millisecond. I need him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I escaped. Mm -hmm. And uh, shortly thereafter, my husband and myself divorced. And of course, I had no friends or family, so no support group. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what did I do? Hey, I'm 26. I've never lived life. I'm going to go to a bar. Hence, husband number two walked in. So moved on to second marriage. Wow. Uh, And uh, that guy I was married to for 20 years, and he was a very abusive alcoholic abusive in every way. You know, I'm five foot four. He was six foot three. When he hit, it hurt, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, he would say crazy things, you know, I am Satan when he was mad, you know, or if he was having a good day, I am God. I mean, I will say mm. he was very, very handsome. So he was getting affirmations from lots of people in the world. And, you know, that just fed his, I want to say ego, but really he, I don't think he had one. He had low Mm self-esteem. So during that time, again, I had nobody but him. um, And I needed some sort of spiritual something, right? Yeah. So Jehovah's Witnesses strongly talk about apostate, you know, religion. So basically Mm -hmm. any other religion, but there was this apostate. And I knew that was really, really bad. Plus I felt completely unworthy. You know, after what I had did, did, I thought like nobody else on the planet does bad stuff. I'm the only one. Seriously. Right. So we were in Vermont one weekend and we went into a bookstore. I love books. And I saw this book on a, you know, it was on display and it was called the power of power, the power of the witch by Lori Cabot. Mm. And I kept walking past it and looking at it, walking past it and looking at it. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not banned from reading things now. Let me just get the book and read it. And what was interesting, the first, like in the first few pages, they had said the Tetragrammaton, uh, YWH, I can't remember, YW, you know, YHWH, Yahweh. They changed it to um, YV, and the V was feminine as opposed to masculine. So that's where they, um, you know, come up with their goddess. They they switched that. So I was like, hmm, okay, Kim. So now we got to remember, Satan transforms himself into an angel of light, right? So he sees me, this lonely girl. In this horrible marriage with no backup. And he goes, oh, let's introduce her to a sisterhood. She needs something. So when I read the book, I was like, hey, 
doesn't sound like these people are so bad, you know? And that's where my journey on that began. Um, and of course, the book was written by this woman, Lori Cabot. And she is the premier witch, or was, I don't know if she's still alive, in Salem, Massachusetts, and got it recognized as a religion. Um, people used to go, like, she was the witch, like, in the United States. Let's put it that way. So people like Aerosmith and Godsmack, people of those, you know, uh, backgrounds would go to her before they would cut an album and, you know, discuss it with her and get her opinion and have her do readings or tarot card readings or whatever. So she was the person, right? So lo and behold, uh, I started going to Salem a few times a year Mm -hmm. and I became friends with the manager of her store and I wasn't the oddball anymore, Kim. I fit in. I was well-liked. I had friends. But I never did become part of a coven. I was what you call a solitary, which means I did things on my own terms at home by myself. Um, But, you know, I kept coming across people that were involved in that. Um, I took a tarot card reading class. And um, at that time, I had a, a little small quilting business and I had made this beautiful velvet bag to put my cards in and everybody was asking me where where did you get the bag right so I told them I had made it and I was a witch and well when we were done with tarot card class which was like I don't know what two months or something the teacher then says who wants to go to Mo's house and learn about witchcraft so then I started teaching about it Mm -hmm. Um, that was not my plan and then every time I turned around I would run into another person that was involved in it, thereby, you know, reinforcing my, my, I'm on the right path here. People like me, I'm not lonely. And then I um, went to this store one day called the Silver Salamander. And the owner of the store was there and she said that I was good for business because whenever I came in, tons of people would be drawn to her store. So she would actually ask me, can you come into my store this day? Can you come into my store this day? Well, mm. lo and behold, she told me, and I'll leave their names out. Uh, she told me about her, some, she mentioned a, this couple she knew, so-and-so, and their name was just so odd. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I go, were they Jehovah's Witnesses? She goes, yes. She goes, so was I. So then it was just crazy. So then we clicked because we were the, you know, used to be's outcasts and, uh, So that's kind of how I got on that path. Um, And I did that for like 10 years. I went to like drum circles and, you know, whatever. Oh, it's where you gather outside under the full moon and beat on drums just rhythmically. And, you know, so they do that currently. And why are they doing that though? Is it going to invoke something or? I mean, I, not the ones I went to, but I'm sure there are plenty that do that. I steered clear of all that, like channeling or trying to talk to spirits. But I mean, I was still dabbling. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I was staying on the, you know, if we think about the Wizard of Oz, I always thought of myself as like Glenda the Good Witch, all the pink and sparkly and fancy, yeah. you know. Um, but it was interesting because just things kept coming across my path that just kept mm-hmm. reinforcing it in my life. So. At one point, um, 
I had gotten laid off from my job. And don't you know, this woman who made these, I won't, I'll leave the name out, um, spirit mm. dolls. Mm. Uh, I, I went to work for her, helping her make these dolls. And they went to like all these different places around the world and to like casinos. And they had like wise woman and the shaman and they all had different jobs. And she would tell me stories of how people would write to her that owned multiples of these dolls and how the dolls would move in the middle of the night from one location to the So, you know, yeah. Like, you know, mm. so I, I mean, I like, believe the spirit realm is very real, especially when you're tapping into it. Yeah. But I mean, I guess in my mind, I was controlling how much I got involved in it. So I never got too freaked out. I would do things more like, um, trying to heal friends or uh, help them like with money situations, but you know, it's also dumb because when I look back, I mean, all these witches in Salem, they are all poor. Their lives all <laughs> are a mess. So is that really true? Salem does have, like, I always thought that was just like in the movies, but Salem really is oh, no. full of witches. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what drew them yeah. to Salem? Do you know? Uh, I just think it was where the Salem witch trials took place, which didn't actually happen in Salem. It happened a few towns over. I forget the name of the town at this point, but but because Salem was the largest town in the area, you know, it became the Salem witch trial. And so they have these reenactments of the Salem witch trial there and all these stores that sell like apothecary herbs. And, you know, it's like making potions. You make them on a, like if you're doing a love spell, you would do it on a Friday at a certain time of the day. And you would surround yourself with like all these different accoutrements, like things that are pink and red, because those are the colors of love and just like, crazy nonsense like that yeah well so you were saying because then i interrupted you my apologies so um you had said that you so you didn't get into a lot of the the deeper aspects of, no. of being a witch so do you think that had a lot to do with maybe your religious jehovah background maybe knowing too much of the bible in your head uh i did recognize it was not okay and I mm -hmm. knew I was dabbling in an area I was not prepared to be dabbling in, mm -hmm. but I was so hungry for spiritual mm -hmm. and I felt nobody would have me, you know, I was that bad, seriously, yeah. um, that I felt that that was my only option at that point in time, you know? So again, I steered clear of covens. I heard plenty of stories. I mean, I can tell you a story of something I did. Um, I was at at the time at my sister-in-law's home and there was a big card game going on. And of course I knew all the people there and they jokingly used to call me witch Hazel. Um, so one guy there, Frankie kept losing and, and uh, they were like, Oh, maybe witch Hazel could help you win. And I said, Frankie, do you want me to try and intervent inter do an intervention on your behalf? And he was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I need some money. So I said, okay, well, like the next two hands, I did something. He won. Now I'm not telling you I had any power. That could have been sheer coincidence, but there were quite a few. So may things. I ask what you did? Can you yeah, divulge I, what you I, did? Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain things you would say. Mm -hmm. And so, so I you, don't really. You would do the mantras. You, so you yes. knew mantras as a witch. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I would, I would cast circles Okay. A casting circle. I mean, you don't means, say you don't have to say the mantra here, but no, that's what I thought when to. you were saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it just so happened to work, you know, 
So then people started coming to me after that, like, Hey, uh, I should, I take this job opportunity. Should I not, mm. which they, you know, and I'm like, yo, you guys, I am not, you know, all seeing and all knowing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, it's interesting because, you know, they have, they don't believe in Satan. Right. Uh, they believe in a horned God. Uh, so they refer to him as like a God of nature. Uh, they believe in many, many, many different goddesses. Each one has mm. a different, you know, so, so you call on certain ones for, for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know they do believe in Jesus. However, they just think he was like this wonderful man that was able to do some miracles. They don't think of him as God's son, but what they do, you know, there are a lot of them that do believe in him, mm-hmm. you know, but so I have a question. You had said something um, and I was Googling it. I, I wanted to make sure I got the title right. And um, I, I'm sure when this is on playback, I'm going to upset somebody by using this name. But, uh, you know, me, I call that falsehood. So there is a particular book called The Circled Maker. It's by a Mark Batterson. Mm. And it is straight up what you're talking about put the circle around your life and put everything in that circle and da, 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 da. Right. Um, Anne Graham lots is a strong component. She is a, uh, she endorses the circle maker, which run from the said circle that, guys, you know? Yeah. So can you, I, I, the reason I wanted, once you said that it triggered, cause I, I believe we already had this conversation outside of this podcast. So can you explain to our listeners why I'm very disturbed that someone like an Anne Graham lots would actually endorse a book called the circle maker. So what exactly does that mean with the circle? All right. So in the witch's mind, before you do a spell, oftentimes you draw up a circle. So a circle would be a an area of power. So all the power you call upon, whether it be a God, a goddess, whatever you're invoking is drawn to the circle so that you can manifest whatever you want. So before you draw a circle, you have to cleanse the area. And you do that oftentimes with salt and um, white sage and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, sometimes incense, whatever you use, and then you invoke powers. Now I won't repeat. I do remember the things I used to say to draw a circle, but I'm certainly not going to say them, but yes, you would walk around the circle three times. And so that would be your, your power source, that circle. It it would keep out anything that was against what you were trying to do. And it would also draw in entities or goddesses. I'm speaking generally. I'm not speaking, you know, of me. Um, It would draw in whatever powers were aligned with what you were doing a work on. So circles, nope, not a good thing. So I wanted to um, 
bring up a few things. So sure. for those who don't know, Tom Brady's wife is, or now ex-wife, she's a witch. You knew that, right? No. Yeah. So it's funny because he's having the worst season. So hearing you talk, I'm putting two and two together mm -hmm. now. I'm not, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I don't care if he moved to Tampa or not. I don't like Tom Brady. I think he was a cheater when he was on New England, him and Bill Belichick. Plus, I don't watch sports because they're too busy being political and taking a knee. And I just want to be entertained. I don't care who you like politically, whether Trump or not Trump. I don't really care. Just throw the stupid football. So Tom Brady's wife is a witch. And um, she would always come to him um, and let him know before the season began if he would win. So she's predicted every single Super Bowl and every single Super Bowl that he's lost as well. You can Google it. It's quite fascinating to read. But then that's what turned him vegan, by the way. She turned him vegan. Then she would make this witch's concoction. Where I don't know what she would put in there, um, Herbs but it was like a pre-ceremony mm -hmm. concoction that he would um, do before. So, um, and again, I I can pull it up and we can read that article, but it's basically a ritual that he would perform, and he always continued to do that. So this is his worst year, and I find that funny because I wonder if his ex-wife casted a spell. So when people say that, is that really true, or is that just a, a buzz term? No, it's true. Yeah, whether or not they have any power. I mean, they always say, you know, do what thou wilt, but harm mm -hmm. none. Okay, so I that's what I've read. Now, are all witches sticking to that mantra? Probably not. There's probably a lot that manipulate or try to. Now, whether or not they're successful uh, probably has a lot to do with whether or not they have demons and, you know, satanic backing on what they're doing. Yeah. Um, wh when I look back on my life, as crazy as this sounds, I really feel for all the things I went through, Jesus had his hand on my life and just she, we're not letting her go too far. We're putting the baby Amen. gates out. This is as far as she's going to go. I really feel that way because I could have been mixed up in some pretty nefarious, dangerous things. And mm -hmm. um, by the grace of God, you know, I wasn't. Amen. And we're going to get into that. Um, so what I wanted to ask you as well is I remember 
I don't know if it was Trump's election, if it was his 50th impeachment, but there was a <laughs> gathering of witches 75. in New York. This, so you remember that? No. I don't look at any of that anymore at all. Oh, so what did you mean by 75? I was joking. Oh, with the impeachment. Yes. Oh, my bad. My bad. I just heard 75. Like I said, I because it's that ambient sound. So I just I'm like, what? Something there were, there were 75 witches there. But so in New York, all these witches gathered and they casted. I don't know what they were doing. It, it To me, I commented on the I think it was either a tweet or Facebook. I don't remember. And then they blocked me. So Crimea River. And then they were going to cast spells on me. I'm like, OK, you have fun with that. And then I always say, you guys, you know, be careful because those demons are going to lay claim to the rights that they own to your soul. Um, so we talked about the Jehovah peace. You were there in this false religion. You were a witch, but not within a coven. Um, but still you were practicing darkness. Mm -hmm. So here we sit today and you are this born again, spirit filled child of God. How did that progression start? So you were there, especially in like, I'm not saying Jehovah witnesses, but when you think of let's compare the two, and again, I believe false religions are also tapping into the demonic, but witching, you're really tapping into the demonic, like because of your chants and your mantras and everything that encompasses that dark world. So what, how, how, do, how are you here now? So take the floor for a bit. Um, and I also wanted to mention one thing too. You had mentioned that, and I really want you to speak upon this, because I think this is where people are lost today, Mo, the spiritual aspect. Remember, God in his word says he put a void in all of us, and that's why we're searching and seeking, and we're doing new ages, and we're trying to be a witch, and we're trying to this false religion, and we want to be a Hindu or a Buddhist um, or a Kabbalah person. So we, we, we're trying to fill that spiritual void. And that clearly proves to everyone, if they would just stop and pay attention, that that yearning of something higher than themselves is literally God calling them. Um, and I think that we have a deception. You know me, I'm a broken record on it. That's why I believe the false prophet is going to deceive many mm -hmm. on the scene with that spirituality. So talk about that spirituality piece first and then lead into what brought you to where we are today and where you're on this podcast, sharing your life clip. Yeah. So you really summed it up best. You know, everybody has that empty in them, whether or not they recognize they need God or not. I can't say, but some people fill the empty with drugs. Some people fill it with sex. You know, a lot of people fill it with the love of money. Um, and in the end, they're still empty. You know, so thank God I recognized the void. I needed spiritual. Okay. And that's what I was saying at that time. Not God. I didn't say I need God or I need Jesus, right? Needed something spiritual. I recognized it. I, I was longing for it. But over the course of these, you know, 10 years of witchcraft, it, it didn't make me feel better. It didn't, you know... I, prayers didn't get answered. I didn't feel a connection 
with God or goddess or whatever, whatever I was thinking at the time, it was still empty. Mm -hmm. You see empty in my mind, it was just a big waste of time, you know, big waste of time. As a matter of fact, I used to, I probably had like 50 decks of tarot cards, you know, and this one lady that used to make them, her name was Doreen Virtue. And she made like mermaid cards and angel cards and all different things. She is now a born again believer. And if you look her name up, if you look her name up, she will tell you her story and she will say, Hey, I can't stop the stores from selling my old products. Please do not buy these products. She's on YouTube, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where I came Mm -hmm. across her. I almost fell off the couch because she was somebody I used to read. I used to read her stuff and, you know, various other authors. I'm a big reader. Um, And then it just became, like I said, it became empty. In my mind, actually, it was sort of like, this is dumb. This is really not fulfilling anything I need. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't feel any connection to anything. So why am I doing this? You know, and I just stopped, just stopped, you know. Um, so do you want me to go on from there? Sure. All right. Yeah. You just take the floor is yours. So my life at home was really bad. I was married to a very abusive alcoholic. Uh, he was horrible to me and my children. Um, you know, no family to fall back on. So I was stuck living through it. Couldn't find a way to escape it. Um, you know, so I needed something. I recognized I needed something. So when I was at like a really low point, I was laying in bed after work on a Saturday and flipping through the channels on TV and up came this young pastor. And I kid you not, Kim, I had never watched a pastor in my life on TV ever. And his name was Joel Osteen. Boy, have you lost your mind? Cause I'll help you find it. So let me just say first that God, can <laughs> everybody's use, commenting right now. <laughs> yep. And that's fine. God can use whatever he wants mm. to get his message across. Okay. So I'm going to start with that. So, uh, unbeknownst to me, you know, I had no idea what a woke pastor was at that moment. Right. What I needed to hear was that God loved me because when I left the Jehovah's Witness faith, they told me God no longer listens to my prayers unless I come back. And well, what I heard from Joel Osteen that day was Jesus loves you over and over and over. And I actually cried. I wanted so bad to believe it was true. But yeah, I couldn't quite do it. So another 10 years goes by. <laughs> 2,000 years later. But during these 10 years, I'm reading Joel Osteen books. I'm catching him on TV. He taught me that God is love, something I did not know growing up. Even though the Jehovah's Witnesses say, oh, yes, yes, we say God is love. Yeah, not really. God loves you only when you do what they tell you to do. God's not about religion, guys. All right. He's not about religion. Jesus is the way. Bible tells us Jesus is the way, not Jehovah's Witnesses, not any, you know, any, any name like Catholic, Baptist, you know, they all have man-made rules. And uh, so these days I stick to the Bible. So here's what happened 
So after years of listening to Joel Osteen and reading his books and not really doing anything much with it other than that, you know, my, my heart was bursting and I was saying, okay, maybe, maybe God might, might still love me. All right. Well, my daughter had installed Netflix on my TV. So when my grandson comes over, he can see TV shows he likes. So I was bored one day and I was here by myself and I was, oh yeah, we have Netflix. So I looked on Netflix and I like, you know, I like serious kind of shows, documentaries, things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a movie on there called A Case for Christ. Mm -hmm. And I said, hmm. And it said it was, you know, like based on a true story of this uh, Lee Strobel who wrote for the Chicago Tribune. So I'm like, okay, it sounds like something I'd watch. So I watched it. And although I had heard the story of how Jesus died for our sins all throughout my life, right? For whatever reason, that was my moment. And when I heard it, can't even talk. When I ever heard it, that was my moment. I just started to cry. Fell to my knees, said I was so sorry. Sorry, Kim. You're good. So sorry for all I had done and for believing that he would not love me. I think that's the worst sin of all. Mm. My heart just burst into a million, million pieces. And I felt such love. And I'm all by myself in my apartment, you know. And uh, that moment, I just felt different. I don't know how to say it. I just felt different. So, sorry for the tears, guys. So, right, I got chills. So, you're totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, it gets better. So, so, I go to bed that night. And in the middle of the night, I wake up from a sound sleep. I have to use the restroom. I wake up. I sit up in bed. And these words rolled through my mind, not, not a voice, not an audible voice, kind of like, imagine like you're watching TV and, and the, the weather scrolls across the bottom of the screen. So it was kind of like that, but in my head and the words were, and to you, it shall not come near. And I said, I don't know what that was, God, but let me remember it tomorrow when I get up for work. So I went back to bed and I called my friend, the one person I know who did know the Bible. It was like 6 a.m. Anybody who knows me knows I would never call anybody at that time ever. And I said, Diane, I got this message. I don't have a Bible. I know that's in the Bible. That's got to be in the Bible somewhere. And she, I told her, you know, and, and to you, it shall not come near. And she goes, girl, that was God. She goes, you're giving me chill bumps. That was God giving you a message. And I said, I know, but I got to get ready for work. And it was a Saturday. I had a weekend job. So she said she was going to look and try and find where it came from. Because, Like I said, I didn't have a Bible. So I went into work that day and a man walked into the store and he walked up to me and he said, I just have to do this. I feel compelled to do this. So I'm going to hold this off. He handed me this card and it says, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. And I just said, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, God. Okay, God, I'm getting what you're throwing down. Mm-hmm. I'm really thinking now this is two things in the same day. So I came home and I called my friend and mm-hmm. she could not find whatever that I had heard in the Bible. So it dawned on me that this verse was one I had heard before. But as we know, Bible translations all word things a little differently. So here's my but God moment. But God chose to say it to me in a version from the Jehovah's Witness Bible so that I would recognize it came from the scripture. Now, mind you, here's the important part. Now I'm going to pull out my Bible. And it comes from Psalms 91.7. And it says, Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. And why that is so important is you have to understand my whole life, I was told I was going to die at Armageddon because I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness. And that was God quoting to me from the Bible, these evils will not touch you. Okay. But I still had a ways to go. But I was torn up like I was just, you know, Kim, in earthly words, the, the big moment on earth, okay, because I have nothing to compare to God. The big moment on earth, the biggest thing that can happen is like to hit major mega lotto, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I felt like. I felt like, wow, like, wow. In my mind, when I got that message, my first thought was. Who am I, Lord, that you would give this to me? Who am I? Mm. Like, I'm nobody. I'm like the worst sinner on the planet. And I tell you what, Mm. I learned that day about what God is and his love for us, unlike anything. And nobody, nobody will ever take that from me again. You know? I I agree. So, So then there's more. Do you want me to keep going or... I do, but let me grab a tissue though. I got to learn to keep these things at my <clears throat> desk. I should I have brought one too, but it's okay. I, I just, and I know, see, it's funny. That's how, you know, the Holy Spirit is in this podcast is because we've had this conversation on the phone, but when you hear it and you see, because again, we've discussed that. I don't believe God is this, oh, blah, 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 but he gently presses because the moment you watched that movie was the moment the Holy Spirit was sealed in you. That's why something changed. Something yep. felt different. So God was literally pressing the word that was already in your heart for all of those 26 years, if you think about it. And just when you see him using, that's how he speaks is through his word. And it's just beautiful. It was absolutely. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, I have a job where I'm a mortgage loan processor. And um, so let me back up to tell you that moment with Jesus happened February, 2020, February, 2020. Mm. So the mortgage industry for me at that time started booming. Now a very busy month is 40 loans. Okay, that's a lot to handle. I had 160, Kim, 
Okay. So I was going crazy. I was working seven days a week, 12 hour days. Okay. So I'm, I'm telling you all that for a reason. So I was on my phone a lot with homeowners, you know, talking to them about their loans. Well, this one gentleman called me and, you know, no way can I remember all 160 stories. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm making myself a cup of tea and I'm talking to him on my cell phone. And he's this, you know, sweet Southern man. And uh, he says to me, well, what exactly does a mortgage loan processor do? And I do not have any idea, but I said this to him. I said, well, think of me like a mediator between you and everybody else involved in your loan. So I'm kind of like Jesus. Don't know why I said that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not comparing myself to Jesus, mind you, but Mm -hmm. that came out of my mouth. And he said, are you a believer? Mm -hmm. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, I'm a pastor, a pastor from Virginia. And he says, girl, when was the last time you had a vacation? And I said, do you mean like a few days off of work or do you mean going away somewhere? He said, going away somewhere. I said, oh, 1999. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. Pastor. I said, my finances are just, they don't allow for that. So he says, if you could go anywhere, where would you go? I said, oh, I always wanted to see the Outer Banks. And he says, well, the Lord makes me and my wife do things for the ministry. And he says, we happen to have a vacation home in the Outer Banks. And I would like you to take your friends or your family and go stay there a week of your choice on me. And I started to cry, Kim. These things mm-hmm. do not happen to me. These things mm-hmm. do not happen to me. And I, I was ashamed because I don't have much money. And I said, well, Pastor, I, I, you know, I started to cry. And I said, as magnanimous as this is, I, I, if God wants me to go, he's going to have to give me money. He's going to get, have to get me somebody to come with me. He's going to have to some, get someone to watch my dog. And he said, okay, we're going to pray on that. Kim, ready? Kid you not. Two days later, I'm walking my dog. One of my neighbors in the apartment here says, I really like your dog. If you ever go on vacation, I'll watch him for you. Ding. <laughs> then that year, we got stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. So now I have the money. I have a babysitter for my dog. I go down to the pool one day and I hear this familiar voice and I turn around and I say, Karen, she says, Mo, I said, what are you doing here? She goes, I live here. I go, no, no, you don't. You live in a big house. Like she said, my house burned down. They put us here temporarily for a few months till they rebuild the house. So I was happy to see her and connect with her. And we talked about vacation and she said, oh, her vacation was in October and Nobody has vacation in October. So what, what am I going to do for vacation? I have no one to hang out with. Mm. Well, you do now. Yeah. (laughs) So Karen and I went to the Outer Banks Mm. in a big, beautiful five bedroom house. The pastor who lived in Virginia with his wife came down to visit with us that day. There's such lovely, loving people. Mm. Lovely Joe. Olson is his name, Joel Olson, Pastor Joe and his wife. Um, And they just encouraged us both. Now, my friend Karen came out of Scientology. So she was sharing her story with him. Right. So we're having lunch, enjoying their company. 
And the pastor says, girl, you got to get to a good church. He said, well, up in the Northeast, pastor, there really aren't (laughs) any of those. He said, I don't care. You need to be around like-minded believers in God. You got to get to find a church. So I said, okay, I'll work on it. So another year goes by, Kim. I'm working on it. I don't know what church to go to. I'm terrified. They're all apostate. You know, I'm terrified. I'm more scared of that than the witchcraft thing. So I said, God, you know, if you want me to go to a church, you're going to have to like show me what church to go to because I have no Mm -hmm. idea. Now, mind you, during this year, I wasn't going to church. I had bought at least 10 Bibles. I started reading books on the rapture <laughs> and the Trinity, things I did not know of or hear yeah. of. Uh, I ran into so what made, what made you buy the book on the rapture if you never heard of it? Was that well, God that's what I was going to say. So I went online oh, okay. one day and, you know, nothing is by accident. So I, I saw this Israeli gentleman named Amir Safarti. And I said, hmm, let me check this guy out. You know, maybe he's not so apostate. He's Jewish. You know what I mean? So I listened to him and he was talking about the rapture. Mm. So from there, I was like, really? Can this really be true? So then I'm I'm a voracious reader. So I started getting all kinds of books. Tim LaHaye, Mark Hitchcock, a book called Maranatha, you know, all these books like David Jeremiah, on and on and on it goes. But in the meantime, um, from Amir Safarte, I learned about Jan Markell, Pastor Barry Stagner. Right. So Jan Markell led me to Pete Garcia. Mm-hmm. Pete Garcia, who was phenomenal. I love Pete. Pete, if you if you ever watch this, I love you. You have no idea <laughs> how much you helped me learn the Lord. I do. Um, and from there, I girl, you're about, killing me today. <laughs> I know. My heart, my heart for Jesus is huge. My heart <sighs> for Jesus is so huge. What he did for me. So from Pete, I learned about Andy Woods. I learned about Chuck Missler. Um, I learned about um, Tyler from Gen 2434. Mm -hmm. I learned about Pablo. I learned about you. And now I just learned about another gentleman, Tom from Connecticut, Watchman River. Oh, Watchman River. I watch him every day. He's so awesome. So in this world of so many false teachers, I'm just so thankful I've been led to the good ones and steered from the bad ones. And if I do happen to come across a a bad one, I I recognize, hey, they're woke. Their message isn't right. It isn't real. You know, so I'm just I'm just so thankful. So while I was learning, I mean, I do have a lot of Bible knowledge, but I was still learning, you know, and I was praying to God. Listen, I don't know about this Trinity, thank God. I just, I don't know. Like, I wasn't taught this. I don't know if it's right, if it's wrong in this rapture thing. You need to answer me. You know, I'm asking. I'm praying for six months, Kim, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm asking people to explain the Trinity to me. And I'm getting these crazy, like, well, God is outside of time and he's here and he's there and (laughs) like all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, none of this makes sense. I have a very logical brain very logical, mm-hmm. analytical, you know, none of this makes sense. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like mad at God, you know, like <laughs> I am asking you to tell me something from your word. Why aren't you answering this? I don't get it. This is something that's good. I'm not asking for like winning lotto ticket numbers. I'm mm-hmm. asking if this is true. I need to know Jesus. You know, I need to know this. So I sat down on my coffee table. I'm mean, not on my coffee table, on my couch one day. 
and I opened you sat my down Bible. on your table. You were just like, <laughs> new seat in my house. <laughs> hey, whatever works. If I'm hearing from the Lord, I don't care. So no kidding. So I'm 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 angry with God now because he's not answering my prayer. Six <laughs> months can I pray about these two topics? Mm. And I sit down and I just I flip open the Bible because I do that regularly, not looking for an answer, just saying, okay, I'm just gonna read to wherever it falls open to, I'll read here today. So it opens to John 14. Mm. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. Mm. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. And I love Thomas because he said, no, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. My mouth hit the floor, but then Philip shows up. And Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Love mm-hmm. Philip too. And Jesus says, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And then it goes on from there. But Kim, how good Mm. is Jesus? He answered both questions in one scripture verse. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I sobbed like a baby. I won't mm-hmm. do it again now because I'm too happy. <laughs> yeah, please don't. My makeup is almost <laughs> off, so we're good. But, but the questions that were so foundational, that were so scary to me, that I just needed an answer from God. Mm-hmm. And he gave me an answer. And I'll you tell know what's you. amazing right now about this podcast? And I don't know if you've noticed it. You're going to notice it on playback. And it's only God. So... Let me just digress for one moment. The reason that I get emotional, and I think you've known me long enough, um, I can't stand falsehood, sis. I it just yeah. it draws people no. into the pit of hell and it holds them hostage yeah. to a false religion that they believe in. And I can't stand the devil. I cannot wait until he is thrown and he is gone because he deceives. And that's why I get emotional. Because people are bound, and that is why I do what I do. But enough about that. And that's why God uses me. But on playback, and I'm sure in these comments, people are going to agree with me. In the beginning, when you were talking about Jehovah and the witch thing, your demeanor was like this. You weren't low. Well, it's not. Right? And then all of a sudden- you talk talking about Jesus and this light comes off of you. This passion comes through the screen to where I have never met you, Mo. I have just spoken to you on the phone. And even in our conversations that we've had, I felt like I've known you my whole life, but now seeing you face to face. And again, weighted issues, I understand that, but your everything about you, the light was turned on the moment we started talking about what we need to talk about it's like you came alive. Like Jesus just was like coming out of you with this passion. And, you know, I hate to bring me into the story because I'm not a narcissist, but you know exactly what I went through. People questioning my salvation, people asking, is she really saved? 
and you knew the hurt that I felt inside, the pain that I felt from those words coming from supposed friends. But you know what I do have? I have a deaf ear to the nonsense and I have a passion for what Jesus is doing in this world. And we've talked about this on the phone. I don't find it coincidental either that 2020 is literally when your light went on because I believe this door is closing. I honestly believe I'm shocked that we're still here in November 12th, 2022, that proverbial door, the arc door is closing. And you know, you, Oh man, it's just the realness of Jesus and his word and how it just refreshes. And Lord, I have a question. Help me, help me, help me. The day that, um, let me see if I can find it really quick. And I don't have my reader, so I'm going to have to pull this Bible back and act like I am 50. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's nothing better than Jesus. Nothing. So I believe that this was what my friend had sent me. And when I was going through all that drama and I just opened the word and I basked in that Psalm and I read it slowly. And I know that it pertains to David, but I also believe there's a lot that we can apply in our lives too, to this word. And there's just something, this is why this is living and breathing sharper than any two-edged sword. sword. it, It will. And, you know, you having Bible knowledge, I've always said that, you know, these religions, these cults, let's call them what they are. They have such a um, a knowledge for the word. So I just had to say that because I did not plan on bringing tissues because I've heard this before, <laughs> but it's the way to look at you and to see Jesus on you yeah, and to know that, man, I've had a life change. I was bound in a false religion. I was bound in the, literally the caverns of hell, the darkness of hell. And look where you're at now, two years later, you know, and I agree with you with Pete wholeheartedly. Um, Watchman, Tom, I think I told you this, he's coming on. I lost my I know, I can't wait. I saw Yeah, it's going to be pre-recorded. Yeah, we're not live. Um, He doesn't like the live. Uh, Not that I don't, I do. Um, But we're going to have a little Thanksgiving thankful and no other person really than Tom. He has this encourage, I'm not an encourager. Like, I don't have a DNA to just give you hugs and kisses. I'll just tell you the truth, and then nobody likes me. But Tom has this encouraging spirit. They're all different personalities, right? Tyler has a different personality. I do. Pablo does. Pete does. You do. We're all unique within the body of Christ, and we're all just hungry, not only to be raptured, but to know and hear the truth of God's word. And um Anyway, I didn't mean to digress there, but I had to because if I didn't, I would just keep on crying. So <laughs> I'm glad um, you did. I apologize. We're keeping, it, <laughs> we're keeping it real. And so what you <sighs> said is very true. Okay. The first part of the, the podcast, you know, talking about the things I was, you know, I've already forgotten them because so has mm. God. So bringing them up, you know, is not an easy thing to do. Okay, because I want to forget it. It's part of who I was, not who I am. But the difference is if you get me talking about Jesus, that's Mm. when I come alive because that's who makes me alive, you know? And so Mm. all that hunger I had all those years that wasn't filled. Let me tell you what, girl, I can't get enough. I am literally no bones, no joke. I'm either working. Or my head is in the word, or I'm Amen. watching a podcast, or I'm studying. It's like I'm a starving person. 
Mm. You know, hungry, thirsty, and I just honestly can't get enough. But even more so than that, if I can't share it with someone, I feel like a volcano that's going to explode. And Mm. I have to share it. So that's when I come alive. That's when you see the real me, because it's not about me. It's about him, right? So before, Mm. it was about me. Not so good talking about me. Talk about him. I'm good. (laughs) Um, So if you will allow me to, I'd like to share a couple of uh, stories of speaking about Jesus to other people, if that's okay. Yeah, girl, this totally fine. You okay. do you. All right. So, you know, I always find a way to talk to somebody about God every day, even if it's something small, you know, like I'm praying you get this mortgage and this person will say I'm praying too. All right. But here's a couple of good, good stories. Praise to God. So I go down to my mailbox one day and one of my newer neighbors, a gentleman about my age, I've seen him, you know, he's in the hallway here where I live. I've seen him a couple of times, said hello. Well, we meet at the mailbox one day accidentally. Haven't seen him at the mailbox again since. So, um, so we meet and of course, somehow or other, I bring up Jesus. Don't ask me, (laughs) you know, but I remember him saying, um, do you know a good church around here? And I said, oh, you got to come to my church. You know, oh, I left that part out of the story, how I found the church. But anyway, (laughs) so he starts (coughs) coming to the church I go to. So a few months in, he gets baptized and his son gets baptized. A few months later, his other son gets baptized and his wife gets baptized. So The first question he asked me when he asked me about a good church was, um, are you a believer? I go, am I a believer? I go, you have no idea. I go right down to my toes. Now, because he lives in my hallway, we walked back together and he seemed like a nice gentleman. I invited him in for coffee or tea, showed him all the Bibles. And I tell you what, he's like my best bud. We hang out every day and talk about Jesus. I tell him if I, if I couldn't talk to you, (laughs) You know, I would explode. I got to talk to somebody. Yeah. So we do. So uh, you know me, time. I'm a comic underneath it all. So yeah. <laughs> I would, I would be leery the way you said that he lives in my hallway. I'd be like, I don't think I'd want to invite him in my house. No, so. I, but I know I, what you meant by that. Yeah. I know what you meant, but that was I funny. Just, I'm like, I felt oh. led like, so He's bringing I, strangers in. Yeah. <laughs> Did you give him a bath too, honey? <laughs> no, no. But I will tell you this. If I tell him, Hey, Pete Garcia's on later, you know, a podcast. Mm. You want to listen? He'll go get us dinner. So we'll eat dinner Mm. together and watch Pete. Or we also listen to like Tom Hughes or whoever, Mm. whoever's on, you know, so we listen to that. So that was really great. So because of my mouth being used, let's see, one, two, three, four people got baptized. So that was amazing. I'm not saying that was because of me, but I'm saying, guess what, people? You said I was going to die at Armageddon, right? And Jesus found worth in me to get his Mm. word out still. So all those years of being Mm. a Jehovah's witness and knocking on people's doors did not go to waste. It was training. I was just going to say that before, but you just said it training for today. So, um, and I forgot to tell you how I found the church. Um, so, okay. So I, so it's 2021 and I like, I'm very fussy about pizza. You know, this Kim, we talked about this. There's only one pizza place I like. So as and it's across town and I hadn't been there in a couple of years. So as I go to pick a pizza right next door is the plaza and in it is this church, but it's not like a church building. It's like a, a rented piece of, uh, you know, like a retail outlet. 
so they mm-hmm. rent a, a thing there. So I see the name of it. I'm like, hmm, okay. And I mean, I lived on that side of town for many years, so it was new. So I came home and I was like, I don't know, Lord, was that you telling me I need to go there? Or So then there was a church closer to me and I'm like, well, maybe I'll try this one. So I went in line, but due to the event that happened in 2020, which rolled, you know, along, uh, they were not just allowing people to come in. You had to register. They only allowed a certain amount of people. And I'm like, hmm, okay, that seems like way too much work. And I had missed the cutoff for registering. So I go, okay. I guess I'll go back to try out the other church. So I tell you, I was so nervous to go. I was throwing up. I was seriously scared. I had to walk in all by mm-hmm. myself, you know, stone cold, no, knew nobody, didn't know what to expect. And I walked in and this lovely person asked me, you know, is this your first time here? And she was so great. She made me feel welcome. And then she told me, hey, don't leave without coming to see me at the end. I'm going to pray over you. Well, she was a prayer mm-hmm. partner. So. She was wonderful. Her name is Sue, uh, Sue Dorita. And um, so I go and the music was great and it was so unassuming and there was no big crosses or anything funky or weird. So I didn't feel too out of place. But when the pastor started to talk, the name of the sermon was Build This House. And it was the importance on finding a church to call home. And I just said, okay. So I really liked it. I summoned up the courage to go back a second time. And then I sat in the same place and the husband and wife in front of me said, Hey, are you here alone? And I was like, yeah. Oh, we noticed you last week. Why don't you come sit with us? And so Mm -hmm. now, you know, just one thing to another and I have friends Mm -hmm. and family. So that was that story. But I do have one other story. I want to share away, girl. Share away. (laughs) Okay. So I was diagnosed in 2015 with something called Barrett's esophagus, um, and it's incurable. Uh, I had precancerous cells, and it's something they have to manage, you know, by medication, and I have to go get an endoscopy like every three years or so. Um, So, you know, that, that gave me a lot of difficulty in my life, you know, the things I ate, the things I could drink, you know. Um, okay. So five years had gone by and, uh, my doctor was like, you really have to go get an endoscopy or I cannot, you know, provide you any more medication. I can't just, we have to monitor it. And I'm like, doc, I really don't have the money for this. He says, well, don't you have insurance? And I was like, yeah, but the co-pays and stuff, I just, I, he goes, Mo, you gotta go, you gotta do it. Mm. So I said, okay. So I go before I go. I don't pray and ask to be healed, right? Because I already know I have precancerous cells. I pray, Jesus, I know you're coming soon. I know it. I cannot miss this. I miss the Red Sea being part of it. I can't miss the rapture. I got to be part of this. So you got to preserve me, not with tubes and stuff in me. I I just want to be normal when the rapture comes. You know, that's all I'm asking. Just keep me alive till the rapture comes. So that's my prayer. So then I go to the hospital and I get there and I'm there at like, I'm the first patient. So it's like six in the morning. I have nurse grouchy that day. (laughs) She's in a bad mood and, you know, she's complaining about everything and she's telling me how, and I understand she lives an hour away. It wasn't her day to work. Somebody got COVID. So she had to come in cover for them and she got called at three in the morning. So it wrecked her whole night. 
Okay. So I get that, but she was in just a foul mood. Well, when I walked into the hospital, I had a t-shirt on that said, it is well with my soul. And so she was the one who brought me into the room and got me settled. And she saw my t-shirt and I, I feel like she told me she was Catholic. All right. So anyways, I go have the procedure. You get knocked out for this procedure. And, um, she was leaning over me at some point. I guess I, I came, I came to at that point. She goes, Oh good. You're awake. And I said, you know, either praise God or thank God or something. And she said, can I go get you something to drink? And I said, sure. And she went and got me some water. I was very thirsty. This was June 26th of this year. So I am all loopy. Anybody who's been under anesthesia knows it takes you <laughs> a good couple hours. And I'm mm-hmm. like loopy and I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, I'm coherent, but kind of not. And she comes back and hands me the water. And I said, hey, how do you feel about Roe versus Wade getting overturned? And I'm like, what? In my head, I'm like, what? Why did, what? Why did you ask this? What is wrong with you? Why would you ask this controversial question over, you know, this nurse who's clearly upset, right? And then I became very aware that there are sharp instruments nearby. And it's probably not a good plan, right? And I'm like, what, what on earth, you know, this is what's like playing through my head. Uh And she goes to the front of the bed and you know, those like curtain things that divide the the section, Mm -hmm. she snaps it shut, you know, and I'm like, okay, I have a strong (laughs) faith in the resurrection. So whatever's about to happen, you know, I get to see Jesus first. I don't know. I have (laughs) no idea what's coming. You know, I'm just, I'm just live in the moment. Like what on earth, Lord, you know, <laughs> well, not at all prepared. She snaps the curtain mm-hmm. shut. She could barely contain herself. She starts sobbing and she tells me how she has never shared this with anybody. She was probably about my age. I'm 58. And uh, she, she said how many years ago she had an abortion and it was horrible and how she never told anybody. And she's carried this guilt around. And did I think Jesus would forgive her? And you know, girl, anesthesia or not, (laughs) I'm like, girl, of course he did. I said, when he died on that cross, he didn't just die for the people's sins that day. It's for all past, present, Mm. and future. You're covered. You said something about being Catholic, so I believe you believe in him. But do you believe he died on the cross and died for your sins and, you know, rose again and is seated at the right hand of God and he'll come again for us. And, you know, so I went into all that, did a little prayer and she just was so, her whole demeanor changed, mm. you know, nurse grouchy turned into nurse loving and, <laughs> and no um, sharp objects were used. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I was just like, so, so elated. Like, oh, mm. that's why I asked that question. That's why you got called into work today when you didn't want wow. to be here. Right. So way below her pay grade to like wheel me out of the hospital, but she wanted, she insisted to wheel me out of the hospital. And she wheeled me out and gave me the biggest hug and was crying on me and couldn't thank me enough, you know? And I said, you know, you have my phone number. If you want me, you know, you know how to find me. Haven't heard from her ever again, but it was just so fantastic. I was just like elated, right? Can't remember the ride home, Kim. Can't remember my babysitter with me and what movie we watch, but that I remember. Okay. So I was just so, 
so amazed by all that, right? So, so life goes on, right? I forget all about the reason I went to the hospital in the first place. <laughs> I was just so happy about, I was able to share Jesus that day with somebody, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. like two and a half weeks go by. Forgot. I was waiting for test results. Forgot all of them. And then the doctor calls and he says, uh, I don't know how to explain this to you. I don't understand it myself, but you don't have Barrett's esophagus. It's not there. Mm-hmm. And I just looked up and I said, wow, I know that was you, God. I know that was you. And, uh, mm. Never asked to be healed, Kim. <laughs> Just has to be yeah. kept alive till the rapture. So you know what that tells wow. me? It's got to be coming soon. <laughs> right, coming right. Soon. It has to. So, I not my story does not even equate to that. But that's what I say about menopause for me. Like I think God's keeping me from it. <laughs> and I'm not going to go through it. That's what I pray. I'm like, Lord, just don't let me go through menopause. Again, has nothing to do with that. Your story is like, what? I'm just saying, I think, because he knows us all like we are his kids. But oh my gosh, I do believe it's near. And I do believe God is a healer. And uh, when I hear you speak, you know, it was kind of like when I went to the Church of Scientology. You don't, you can't explain it. And to the human ear, it sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, why would she say that? I don't know. Like, I almost died, believe it or not, when I first moved down to Florida. I was 16. I got bit by fire ants and, um, or or I should say two. It wasn't a lot. But anyway, I went into anaphylactic shock. I had no idea that's what it was. And my mom, long story short, so I was 16, just two years shy of that. Before that, we lost my dad. And the first care one that she was bringing us to, or me to, uh, the doctor wasn't there since she had to drive all the way across town in Ocala, which is a good 20 minutes away. But I felt tightening in my chest, but I didn't want to let her know that because I was still cognizant. Hey, I don't want to panic her. She just lost wow. her husband. So I remember like trying to unbutton my bra because I felt like I needed air. Um, we walked into the care one. And the only thing that I remember is I felt nauseated and I wanted to ask to go to the bathroom. And I fainted, uh, passed out. And I, the last thing I heard going down was my mom screaming, no. Um, then when I woke up for some odd reason, my first words out of my mouth were, thank you, Jesus. Like not even to think about it, you know, I just knew. And my mom said, because I do have a call on my life. I've always known that the devil's kept me from that. Um, and that was what my mom said, the devil wanted you dead that day for whatever reason. Um, see, car, you're making me cry again. But even in Out your life, God has a different some, plan, you know? Yeah. And so these days, right? Mm. Um, I so I told you I found the mm. church. Well, uh, yeah. you know, there are several people that go there that used to be Catholic, and you know, God has a plan. So just one woman kept badgering me, Hey, can mm. you teach me the Bible? And I'm like, Me? Like me? Why me? Like she goes, I don't know. I just sense that you know the Bible. And can I come and would you teach me? So now we went from like three of us. There's now six of us. Yeah. So I keep more people keep coming. And thank you, mm-hmm. Pete Garcia, for your wonderful drawings because we use them. I and, know. It's uh, so you fantastic. Know, 
I learned from so many people like, okay, so I had a good base. Thank goodness for that. But some of the stuff Mm -hmm. I hear from you guys, I'm like, wow, I just never, even on your podcast, you did with Pete one time on that, um, that city in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that their target date is 2030, like Mm -hmm. all the other target dates of 2030 for the, you know, new world order people. Yeah, so. we're definitely at the end. Isn't that funny? We always have to turn it back on prophetic Absolutely. things, but we Absolutely. are at the end. Absolutely. And yeah. I don't care what I could be wrong and we I can die and all that other stuff. And, you know, my mom was like, oh, Cammy, I haven't planned for retirement. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to retire. <laughs> so if no. I'm living in the 55 and up mobile home park here in Florida, guess what, girl? I can care less. Yes. I mean, I have a nice apartment. God provides. But I do not care if I don't have two pennies to rub together. When I retire, he's provided for me my entire life. Even when I had nothing, it was met. I don't know. God, it's God. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm like, all right, Lord, it's me and you. It's always been me and you. You know, when I think when I meet people, you know, like you're somebody I've met more recently. mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you guys, like I tell my friends, like the world has this BFF, best friends forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I say BFE best friends eternally because we're going to know each other eternally. And I'll tell you all these guys, you know, there are lots of pastors who are wonderful teachers and we're all going to thank them. But I mean, the Pete Garcia's and the Tyler's and the river river watchman Mm -hmm. and the Pablo's and you Kim, you know, you reach different audiences too. So, you know, just know you're going to have like lots of people lining up to hug you guys. I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you. You've all contributed to me and my knowledge. And I share that information with people Mm. and it changes lives. Look what Jesus did for me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for anybody. He can do it for anybody. So, you know, we got to hate the sin, not the sinner. So, you know, witches need prayers too. Remember that I was one, you know, Mm -hmm. I was one. I'm just so thankful. Just so thankful. Now, the only thing I really did wrong, I did not teach these things to my daughters because Mm. of the way I was raised. Now I have to pray for them every day because, you know, the best compliment I got was from my daughter, Amber. One day before Thanksgiving, I went over there and I said, all right, I'm going to pray. And she goes, who are you, mom? Like, Mm. used to bring us to Salem, Massachusetts. What, What happened to that person? Yeah, but they're going to see Jesus. Jesus you never know. chose me. Jesus chose me and mm-hmm. that's it, man. That's yeah. it. That's all that matters. So mm-hmm. now I just spend my time helping others and praying and, you know, that's it. Uh, you know, I may be a square now, but I'm be around later. We're not a square. We're we're an amazing, <laughs> I don't even know what you want to call us, but we're not square. We're a beautiful octagon. We've got well, I'm talking sides. about from the world's mind, you know, we may be squares now, mm. but we're gonna be around later. Yeah, I like being a square in the world though. The world is yeah, used to seem very exciting. And now when I'm around my worldly friends, I'm very saddened for them. Because yeah. you can just see how unhappy they truly are. Yeah. I can't Amen. imagine living through the times we are in without some sort of hope, Amen. without some sort of something is going to fix this and it won't be a president and it won't be a world leader, you know. That's right. You mean Trump's yeah. not going to fix it? Huh? <laughs> oh my God. 
Well, you know. So I do have to say, Mo, she gave improve. me a compliment. She um, might improve some things. But. She actually voted for the very first time. Yes. Based oh, yes. upon something that I had said. And I appreciate that. So thank you very much. And let me just also yeah. digress. Um, there's nothing good in me. Absolutely nothing. So when you pay me a compliment, it's hard for me to be receptive to that because this is God's. And um, I don't care. I'm no, going to do it I anyway. I do not call it a ministry at all. I call it a podcast. God leads me into this, but um, it's a gift and talents that he's given me but it's only the Lord. So I do want to make sure people understand that, that I am a wretch. I am, I'm not very nice at times, but um, wow, this was amazing. Absolutely. I could still talk to you for hours on end. I know. I know. know. Um, I love you guys. Like, I hope, I hope other people watch this because I love people so much. I do. And that's what drives me. I want them to have what I have. You know, Mm -hmm. I want them to have what I have. And it's priceless. So would you end with maybe sharing the gospel with those who are listening, whether it be if they're in a false religion and they have a different version of Jesus or because like you said, I mean, I, I'm, you know, people know my past. So the God has made a, a way for me to witness to a lot of people within the LGBTQ community. And um, I think our past, sometimes we don't like it, but God uses it. And he always gets the glory from where he brought us out of that muck and mire. So, um, just like you said, they need, they need Jesus too. You know, there's no difference in homosexuality than hetero. It's still outside of God's ordained biblical plan. So anyway, so take some time. Amen. So take some time out and share the gospel and your heart to those who might be bound by either a demonic, you know, witch's coven, so to speak, or, and I know you weren't in a coven, but, or a, a religion that is false. Yeah. So I guess what I would say to people from my heart is I want you to remember it's not about religion. It's not man-made rules. Oftentimes people are put uh, put off by, ooh, if I go there, I'm going to be looked down on. I'm going to have to follow man-made rules. You know, really what it's about is Jesus, guys. You know, the reason we go to church or join a church is for fellowship, to encourage each other and to have a place to worship. It's great to sing. For those of you like singing, it gives you a great place to sing and hear the word of God. But you know, if you're scared of that, you don't have to. Your personal relationship with Jesus is all that matters. And it's as simple as, Jesus, I'm so sorry for all my sins. I recognize I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for me. Even if it was just one person, Jesus would have died on the cross, even just for you, whoever you may be that's watching this. You know, he died on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven and that you would have a relationship with God because of that, because of the precious blood he shed on our behalf. There's no way you can earn your way to heaven. There's nothing you can ever do. There's nothing that you, once you're a believer, there's nothing you can do to not be in heaven because once Jesus pays the price for your sins, it can't be taken away because the price is either paid or it's not. It's not a, Hey, you get there if you do a certain thing or not. So I want to encourage you guys, don't ever let anybody tell you like they told me that God doesn't love you, that you're not worthy. Then unless you're a certain way, you're unacceptable because Jesus came to help the sinners in those who are sick. He did not come 
to help those who have no need of repentance. He came for me. He came for you. And he's coming again really, really soon, guys. Really soon. And if you miss out, you're going to go through the most terrible seven years of tribulation. So choose Jesus now. It's easy. It's easy to just say, I'm sorry, Jesus, for my sins. I repent of them. I believe in you, you know, and, and speak to him every day and read his word. If you're scared of church like I was, he still loves you, even if you don't go to a church. Okay, guys, just remember that. But more importantly, find him quickly. Don't waste another minute because you don't know what could happen. You could be hit by a bus tomorrow or the rapture could come and take us. But do not let the devil or any demonic individual tell you that God doesn't love you because he does. He loves you even though you're a sinner. And there's always a chance you know, for you to change your heart. So please change your heart before it's too late. And that's, I love you guys. I'm telling you from my heart. Amen. So, and I, I want to go back to, to your amazing healing. I feel like I didn't give that enough credence because I talked about menopause, but God <laughs> is amazing when he can heal. We had a conversation, I think it was you, um, about the healing of my leg when I was um, a youngster and I went up through faith and got prayed over. Um, no, I don't so, think that I, was I, me, Kim. It wasn't you. Oh yeah. I was, nope. they said I would have to wear corrective shoes. I had a problem with my hip and I don't know. We found out when I moved, um, before, right before we moved to Florida, I was, so my dad passed away in the seventh grade. So I was in the eighth grade and I kept having this pain in my hip. So my left leg was about three, uh, three fourths longer than my right leg. And, um, it would always, you know, I was athletic, so it would always give me pain in sports, especially when, um, you know, volleyball, if I had to jump up for me to land, it just always hurt. So anyway. Um, it's the orange Vega, Kim. Too much time the in the orange Vega. Vega. I'm telling you, that's why my mother brought me to the doctor right now. <laughs> and that thing broke down, I think, like she got it in 1975. I think it broke down in 1976. <laughs> but um, so my mom, she at this point, you know, both my parents were born again. And I'm sorry, my dad had already passed. I'm lying. So my mom was the sole provider and uh, walking with the Lord. And um, when I told her, you know, when the doctor said that, you know, oh, your daughter's going to, by the time she's 15, 16, whatever the age was, 18, I don't even remember. She's going to be in corrective shoes. Um, and my mom says, I'm not confessing that. So um, I I kind of just left the doctor's office, like whatever. And I had to wear a um, a brace. I should show the pictures. Um, so when I moved down to Florida, I, uh, I'll tell you, let me digress and I'll tell you guys this funny story. So here I am a New Yorker, right? Um, moving to Florida. This is how I always talked, you know, when I moved down here. So I go to Ocala Christian Academy and my mother, you know, she let me drive her Pontiac 6000. So I uh, go to school one day. And then when I arrived at school, um, I came to school looking like a hot mess. So I had a patch on my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I'm 16. Okay. So adolescent 16 female. Oh yeah. I had a patch <laughs> on my eye because I had a, uh, um, a watch and the glass broke and apparently the glass got in my eye. I didn't know I had glass in my eye. I rubbed it and then I wind up cutting a little bit of my eye. And then on top of that, I had to wear that brace. 
<laughs> and get out of the Vega. On my leg, so here I am pulling up, and then I talk funny, so I'm looking funny, I'm talking funny, um, and then everyone really didn't think I could speak because of my last name Duarte, so no one really thought I even spoke English. So for like the I say six months, it was probably the first three months. I just sat there listening to these people, and then they were like, "I don't know, does she does she speak English?" Like, "Well, hey, she she like blah, blah, blah. say Long so Island anyway. for me, say Long Island." Uh, Long Island, Long Island. I don't say it like that now, but Long Island. I'm in Connecticut, which is like three hours from New York, you know, depending on where you live. We don't say Long Island. It's two words, Long Island. Long Island. It's all one (laughs) word, Long Island. I'm from, well, we say the island. We're from the island. Like we live in Jamaica or something. Like you're from the island here. Suffolk County, the island. Throw in his Russian accents or whatever he does. Like he's amazing. He's funny. I usually try to imitate my mom. I could do her really well with her Brooklyn, her Brooklynese. But anyway, so long story short, I started school in a hot mess. And then one day with my mouth or whatever, um, I was like, you guys know I can talk the whole time, right? Like I could speak English. And they were all like, <laughs> but anyway, but I'm saying all of that because now I don't know, like, this is the true story. I, when I got prayed over on Long Island before we moved to Florida, even though I had the brace on, I believe the healing took place that day because I had faith. But anyway, so when the brace was removed, because I needed to try out for volleyball and I said, mother, this thing's got to come off my leg. I got to play. I'm not, I'm not foregoing sports. Mm-hmm. And then I also took the stupid patch off too. Um, clearly my eye has healed well though. Yeah. But anyway, um, gorgeous. Right. Now I did shrink a half an inch. So I was five, six when I moved to Florida and then I was five, five and a half. But um, when they measured my leg, it's still a little longer, but it's only a quarter. So it literally got longer. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I mean, I'm a teenager. I could have been still growing and maybe they did that. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, I'm said all that. With my patch on my eye and my brace on my leg, talking funny in Ocala, Florida. <laughs> I told my mom, hey, ma, there's no 7-Eleven here, ma, and there's more cows than there are people. <laughs> so grab your coffee, grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. But oh that's honestly, that's why I say that. That's why I get tongue-tied <laughs> with my words because I'm so, I don't want to, like, there are some words like dog, coffee, um, Long Island married. I'll tell you guys this funny too. Okay, I have another funny story and then I promise we'll go. So <clears throat> when I was married, um my husband, so I'm gonna write this down. We were playing this game. I don't remember. It was me, Eric, my friend Kelly, and her boyfriend at the time, Terry. So it's a game where you can do charades, you can point to something like a word, you can draw it, you can do whatever. I don't remember the name of the game. So the word, okay, because mind you, I'm backslidden, so and I'm mouthy. So Eric and Terry are on the same team. Me and Kelly are on the same team. So Terry grabs a phone book. Yes, I'm dating myself. We had phone books back then. <laughs> and I, I'm like, why are you, why are you Should've grabbing put a phone book? Just because you would have made you taller on one side. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, there's no proper names. There's no proper names in this game. So Eric is like calm down, Kim. It's a word. And I'm like, there's no words in the phone book. And this is me. There's no words in the phone book, Eric, for the game. So they show me the card. Okay. 
And on the card, it has this word. And I can't zoom in. Can you see that? Maybe with glasses. Hang on. Yeah, but I'm not sure what it says. I, M-A-R-R-Y. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mary. There I'm you praising are. the Lord. Oh. Hallelujah. <laughs> right. Whole new look. Earphones. Yeah, the earbuds. I don't know what they were doing, but I needed to take them out because all I heard was... I think your computer freaked out when you held the piece of paper in front of it. Yeah, but I, I'm on manual, so for that, that's why I do don't do it now. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, okay. So let me get. Let me. Sorry, guys. I have a headset on. My Bluetooth. Uh, my headset was uh, buzzing. So anyway, going back to my story. So they had that word that was on the card that they had to guess. M A R R Y. So then, in the phone book, they had this word. Oh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> So I'm like, that's not the same word. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I said, the one word is marry. (laughs) (laughs) This word is marry. And they were like, marry and marry. I'm like, it's not, you don't say I'm getting married. You're getting married. This fight went on. I could, I probably downed like a bottle of crown at this point, but anyway. Oh, goodness. That went on forever and a day. And then I said, it's the same thing with you Floridians with this word. Oh, glasses time again. I'm ready. So this right. word. Yes. So say that word. Dawn. <coughs> oh, no. Say the word underneath it. Don. <laughs> How do you know who you're calling? So we say Dawn <laughs> and Don. So I told them it's the same difference. If there's a, if they're in, in Floridian's world, if there's a Don and a Don, who are you calling? Are you calling Dawn or Don? At least for a New Yorker, we're not confused. We know Dawn. Tara is the same way. We don't say Tara. It's Tara. Um, so Dawn and Don. Sean. I remember when I went uh, to a... <laughs> can't even say it <laughs> i went to a pawn shop in ocala oh no and i asked where um a pawn shop was and yep. this little old bitty was like oh sweetie you need jesus <laughs> and i said no this is me i'm like i just gotta sell some stuff she's like oh my god <laughs> we don't have those here in ocala <laughs> and i'm like you don't have a pawn shop oh oh <laughs> So I'm like, what the freak? So anyway, I found one and he's like, what are you asking for? And I'm like, this is a porn shop, right? And he's like, you mean like adult movies? So he thought I was saying porn. Oh man, I got so it. I'm like, yeah. I can't. So that's a reason I don't really um, embrace the accent as much because I have so many story Listen, so my tongue you, gets tied you think you're goofed up my mother spoke five languages wow yeah she never taught me any because she said we live in america we speak american but you know she'd get around family just about the time i'd start picking up on some words they'd switch to another language well so yeah. let me ask you um what five languages did she french polish german italian and english wow and what is your nationality um, my dad is irish Okay. And my mother was Polish. So wow. I'm Polish and Irish. And your mom yep. passed away as a Jehovah or did she find Christ yep. beforehand? Yep. 
but not mm-hmm. before we had a big fight, Kim. That's a story for another day. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was really mad. She didn't go to my brother's funeral. He was gay. She didn't, she didn't attend it. And we had a big blowout fight. And I told her I was going to have a Catholic priest <laughs> barrier. Sorry. It's not phony. Oh, but I was very upset. Kind of comical though. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. So it's not like anyway. she would know. <laughs> Right. You know, but, and then, and then she proceeded to die very swiftly, like three weeks later. Wow. Yeah. And we got praise the Lord again. Yeah. (laughs) We can all just praise Jesus together. I don't know what's a praise and worship song. (laughs) I see you and I'll raise you too. No, just kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that's been a pleasure, uh, honestly. And and I'm glad, you know, not that to end it on a joke, but, you know, kind of lighten up the mood a little bit. Um, from the weighty issues, especially in the beginning. Um, so anyway, guys, listen, if you're in Florida, it's Dawn and Dawn <laughs> and it's Mary and married. And um, how do you think Jesus says it? Married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll find out soon. He does. He says it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I do that on purpose, guys, just so you know, so I can start praising the Lord. I love that song, by the way. Hallelujah. Um, I don't know. Jesus probably says it in Hebrew. Wonder what we're going to speak. Interesting. Israeli language. Hebrew. I don't know. What are we going to speak? I don't know. I always wonder, like, am I, am I really a brunette? Like, in my glorified body, will I still be a brunette? Will I, because I don't think, like, I'm not going to run into you and be like, Mo, you're Asian? (laughs) Like, I don't think we're going to be totally different. So, I mean, Pete's going to, you know, look like Fabio. We've already cleared the air on that one. But um, I don't know. Like, I don't want to look uh, any different. I mean, I think we're all going to kind of somehow, but I'll be glorified, you know? And we're all I don't be care so how pretty. I look. Just give me some Jesus. I know, but I just don't think care. about that. We're going to be beautiful specimens. My only thing I cannot wrap my head around is the no bathroom. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm really good with that. I know, but then how do you digest? Like, it's so weird. Again, we live in this I don't know, but Jesus flesh bubble. fish when he was on earth. But how after, did he, after- he digest? Did he, how did he digest the fish? I don't know. I, you know, good question. Did it like just flow out of his glorified body? I don't know. Listen, all I have to compare this to, and this is, you know, take it with a grain of salt. When my kids were little, they were watching a movie and I think it was Casper the ghost Mm. and all the ghosts were eating lots of candy and you could see because their bodies were invisible. So the candy was just like flowing through them right onto the floor. So I don't know. Mm. Don't have an answer for this. Okay, okay. I feel like Oprah on hiatus. <laughs> you look like Oprah on hiatus. <laughs> you know what the problem is? Yes, but he's got no respect for us. We'll find we out, I think, here list. soon. I know, there's a lot. There's a lot, but to your point, when we get to heaven, that's why I say about pets and our husbands or wives or kids, it's really not going to mean honestly anything because we're just going to see Jesus. 
Yep. You know, I, so I'm i not going to be like Lot's wife. I'm not going to turn back and see what Me I missed. Either. I can't wait to get to heaven. <laughs> like Pastor Andy says, there, and you said, there's nothing that the rapture won't fix. At Listen, all. I have to tell you one more thing, and then I promise I'll stop. I was sitting on the couch probably last week. And I heard the trumpet. I heard a trumpet and I like mm. got off the couch so fast, girl, only to realize it was somebody's kid probably practicing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's not the trumpet. It was a trumpet. So the joke is I'm practicing my lunging until he comes because <laughs> I lunged off the couch. I don't think I ever moved so fast mm-hmm. in my life. Some funny story. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and then we'll go, guys. I promise we'll act like this is a live episode. <laughs> so I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and she's going to know once this is on playback who it is, but I'm not going to mention her name. I love you. Um, <laughs> so we were chit chatting about certain things, and certain things were mentioned. So one of them was the shofar. You get these Gentiles, these charismatic people who have the the little shawl that goes around them and they're very they're very jewish right they have a shofar and half of them can't even play it right and they blow it and i'm like that that has nothing to do i don't care about any and god knows when i say this like legit i mean it i'm just gonna do this um (laughs) (laughs) i don't really i don't i'm not jewish so none of that really i i don't i'm not jewish so anyway she bought she told me that she bought her husband so far after going to something and i'm like girl girl (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah so let me just say guys stop buying shofars as a gentile (laughs) anyway be sure it's pronounced shofar and not chauffeur um i think it's either way like tomato tomato right potato potato (laughs) so how do you say it shofar shofar it's a shofar that's in the yorker way the shofar yeah well, I'm only three hours from there. I know. know. You know who sounds like New Yorkers? When I used to Uber, I'd pick up a lot of people from Philly. Oh, don't ever tell them they sound oh. like a New Yorker. You've you've done insulted them. Between insulting that would them be about Chad. Chad Thomas. He He's from is, Philly. Yes. I know. I would like to get him on as well. Oh, I hope you do. He's amazing. Love him. Yes. He yeah. He it's a little challenging. I've reached out to him a couple of times. But all right, let's go because my camera is really acting yep. squarely. Girl, listen, you've been a pleasure. I love you to pieces. Thank you. Even love outside you of this recording. Um, God has definitely put us um as true friends, authentic friends who can just be us and not have to worry about ever um our faults being used against us. So from the depths of my being, Mo, Amen. I love you. I'm so thankful that we have met and that we are going to enjoy our eternity. Um, God gave us very similar personalities. And I love Sorry, it. Sorry, guys. Uh, There's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> you make me laugh um, when we're on the phone. You bring joy to my heart. And um, anyway, so guys, listen, as I always say, until next time, either here, there, or in the air, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To find out more information, go to lifeclipspodcast.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Do you have questions, comments, or concerns? Send an email to questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. Until next time, family, I will see you here, there, or in the air. 
Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.